1: I'm Marjorie Punnett. And I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best in the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. Oh, Elizabeth, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> should
0: we tell everybody what's happening? We should give our listeners a little bit of the behind the scenes of what is yes. going on. <laughs> Marjorie and I are not the most technical of folk, and we have been trying to figure out, um, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of equipment so that we can sit in our own homes and be able to put this podcast together. Unfortunately, Marjorie, <laughs> this stuff is easier said than done. Thank God I have a glass of wine in front of me right now, and you do too.
1: I do too, and which gave us the other idea that, you know, whenever we do these from home, we might just want to do them drunk. I think that because might be a good <laughs> idea, or at least I think- just slightly buzzed. I think that I might be able to handle the technical aspects of this better (laughs) if I'm tipsy. I think
0: that might work well. That is the truth. So we are hoping that this works well because we recorded an episode for you a few days ago that did not work and was a technical failure, (laughs) and so we're hoping that we're back in the game with you today. But anyway, you know, listen, you got to roll with it, and we're no spring chickens. Figuring this stuff out is like old dogs, new tricks. We're like, what?
1: really <laughs> what what but we're doing it and that should be an inspiration not only to us but to everybody that no matter what you can figure this out with youtube you can figure out anything that's Thanks. what i have learned that anything. is a very
0: good mantra to use with yes. youtube you can figure yes. out anything yeah no kidding you know i had my own technical struggles when i was in norway which we're talking a little bit more about this trip because marjorie we realized we didn't really finish the conversation about going to norway and being away from kids for 10 days.
1: Which is a huge, huge deal. And I will say, I never did that. Which was I never when you texted did me it. that and you were like, I never did that.
0: Which made me feel like, oh shoot, dude, should I be
1: doing this? No, no. It, and I, I should have put more in the text. I never did it and I so regret that. It was wrong not to do it. Because there would be times where Ian would say to me, we need to leave without the kids we need to travel without the kids because we traveled a ton as a family because i love to travel so every trip whether we went to europe whether we went to florida wherever we went we took the kids and he wasn't always a hundred percent happy about that and i look back now and i will i don't have any problem saying this he was right we should have taken some of those trips on our own.
0: I can't believe that you guys never traveled without kids when they were
1: living in the house. No, and part of part of why was because I was traveling a lot for business when they were your kids' age. Yeah. I was working in Chicago at times where I would go to Chicago on Monday morning and fly back on Friday night. Yeah. And so when we would take a family trip, I had enough guilt about that. I know. That when we took a family trip, it was like, no, I got to take them with me. Now, once they got older, I'm sure we took a weekend trip here or there. I mean, I'm sure of it. But when they were little, we never did. And part of that, too, was we didn't have any family in the city we lived in. So that makes a big difference. If you don't have family
0: to stay with your kids, then it makes things a real challenge
1: yeah and so we were living when they were your kids' age we were living in um well, briefly we were living in Chicago, so for a little time we did so mostly it was just me. I'll yeah. just say it was just me <laughs> it just scared it just scared me and I think that that goes back to one of the things again that there were lots of decisions I made when the kids were little that were made out of fear, and I wish I could change that.
0: Well, I yeah, I understand that. I think we can all look back and, and get that. You know, the thing yeah. um, that I really got about this was that we were gone for 10 days, and it was an amazing experience, but I will say 10 days felt like a lot. Did it? Like 10 days felt like, oh boy, if I could have maybe done seven, I might have been in just a better state. So it's, it's, I think that's good to kind of know your limits and figure out what feels right and what doesn't for you.
1: Did you talk to them at all along the way? Because tell everybody, your kids are, they're three
0: and 18 months? They're four and four, oh. um, almost two. Yeah, four okay. and almost two. And we FaceTimed with them one time, and then they cried and right after, and then they were fine, but it was hard. They're just not really at, like, a good FaceTime age, so we didn't right. talk to them other than that. And then the time change was really hard, because, right. like, they're at daycare during the day, And by the time we could talk to them when they were home at like six o'clock, you know, they're tired. They've had a long day. And, and then, you know, you just kind of set up the person who's caregiving for them to be like, whoa, now I have to deal with a meltdown if they're upset after. So we didn't really FaceTime with them. And I, and we had multiple parents that were on the trip with us and they were all kind of in the same boat. Like for some of them it worked to FaceTime and then others, it didn't. And it sort of just depends on the age of your kids.
1: Yeah, and yours are little. I mean, four and 18 months, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, You miss is. your mom. You can see her, but you can't touch her. I mean, that's a lot to figure out. But tell me about, and this was always the part, tell me about how you arranged, because 10 days is a long time. Who took care of them, and how did you arrange that, and how was the goodbye? Okay, so here's my sort of... um like survival guide for this. And I have a few
0: things that we did that really, I think, helped a lot and made a big difference. So number one, we, we were really fortunate that we got to have family stay with them. So we had everything happening at our house. So everybody oh, who good. was taking care of them came to our house. And everyone then had different shifts. And initially, my plan was to have them. So we had my father-in-law my mom and my dad to some extent, but my dad was traveling a lot, and then my sister and her husband. So we had three sets of people, and initially my plan was, okay, let's have them do three nights, three nights, three nights, right? and then it'll sort of be, you know, they can kind of relieve each other and move on, and it didn't work out that way because of... Um, my parents schedule they needed to just like hop in for one night here and there so it ended up that i had this spreadsheet laid out (laughs) (laughs) with like who was doing drop off who was doing pickup who was doing overnight and i had that written out for every single day so it was like my sister's doing drop off in the morning and then my father-in-law is doing pickup and then my father-in-law is staying with them overnight. And then he's dropping them off in the morning. It was like this whole thing. And so I had that spreadsheet sent to all of the caregivers plus our child care center. So wow. everyone knew who they should call if something went wrong. And the whole rule was if somebody gets sick, one of our kids gets sick or something like that, then you call the person that's in charge of pickup because they wow. will be the one that will come in and get them. So we had this spreadsheet. It actually worked out really well to not to have them kind of break it up because nobody got sick of it. Nobody was like, oh man, I'm here for three nights. Like this is a long haul. Right. And my sister and her husband were the only ones who were there for Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night in a row. And I had babysitters come over Saturday and Sunday to give them a break for a few hours each day because now the kids, you know, they're not used to it. The whole thing. Right. Right. So that really helped. And I think having your kids, if there's any way to swing it where whoever the caregiver is just comes to your house, it just disrupts a lot less of their routine. And they're able to just continue on. Like they were able to go to daycare, just normal and consistent. And that was how things were. And then they were kind of excited of like who was picking them up that day? What are they going to do that night? And then go from there. So that would—that really helped.
1: And your kids really know all of the family members that were taking care of them which is a complete the complete opposite of
0: how both me and my husband grew up and right. it's amazing so my i didn't have any family here i mean we had very little family here my parents were from Wisconsin and Texas and we grew up in Minnesota and we had very little family and we um so i like when my parents would leave town they would like Send us to stay with some random person at church that they knew. And, oh, how bizarre! And it was nice because we sort of they were sort of like our our pseudo grandparents, but we didn't have grandparents that we were really really close with when we were kids. It just wasn't. Right. I mean, they lived far away. Um, a couple of them died really young before we even met them, so we didn't. You know, we just didn't have that same grandparent relationship that my kids have. Like, for me to see my kids go to. Jay's um, dad's house or my parents' house and just like run in and leap toward their grandparent with no sense of like, I'm afraid or I don't really know who this person is or it takes me a little bit to warm up is like amazing to me.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was really lucky that way. I was very close to my mom's mother. Um, She lived near us. And so her house was very much, and she was, um, she was such a sweet, Um, very quiet sort of her house was very elegant and quiet and not at all sort of and so I loved (laughs) loved going to her house Marjorie the mysterious
0: child loved that house
1: (laughs) I loved that house so much and I loved being with her and then my other grandmother lived in Mexico City so I rarely saw her um But you're right. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And then there's something that my mom did with, with... She has nine grandchildren. My mother does. And she started when they were about five. As soon as they turned five, she started taking them on trips.
0: Oh, that's fun.
1: And this was really, really hard for me. But it's one of the things that I am so glad I didn't try and control because it's a very strong memory for the kids. So she took... Campbell to Kansas City to visit her best friend from college. Or she took, um, well, not actually to Kansas City, to Wichita, to a farm. And then she took, um, she took Gar to Dallas, but, and she would take pictures all along the way. They met people. And it was really cool because by five, That was a big adventure for them. For sure. And they felt like they were going, they were leaving me. And so they weren't sad at all because they knew my mom so well. And that was really cute. I loved, loved, loved that. I mean, I think that's a tradition that if I ever have grandchildren, that's something I would do. I would love to do is because I loved traveling with my kids. I know I'll love traveling with grandchildren. I think it's really fun. I think you
0: being intentional about those memories is really great. I mean, we try Mm -hmm. to, you know, one thing that kind of accidentally has happened with our kids and their grandparents is that we rely on the grandparents a lot when one of them is sick, which sounds like really terrible, but you know how daycares work, which is like, if, if one of your kids gets a fever, they're kicked out of daycare for the whole next day. (laughs) So they might not even be really sick because they might just have gotten like a tooth or, you know, had gotten a vaccine or like something like that. And so they, Get They spike a fever, so they're kicked out of daycare. So we'll then, on those times when we're like, okay, they're not really sick. They're maybe just fighting a little something, and we need to work. We will ask um, our parents to come in and help for whatever, you know, a couple of hours so I can go in and do the show or whatever. And um, they've really then, they are with their grandparents in their sort of vulnerable moments when they need somebody. And I think that's oh. really forged a really great bond with them. It's just amazing. It's amazing to see that because I just never, I never had that same relationship. And my husband never had that same kind of relationship with grandparents. And so for us, we just like watch it and we're just like, this is amazing. So for example, yesterday we had my niece's baptism and then, so my, my kids got to see all of their, the family on my side and we spent the whole morning with them and then we got home And my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and their kids all came over because we had a tile project that Jay's brother and dad (laughs) were helping him with. And then my sister-in-law and the kids were over, and we all hung out until 9 o'clock at night at our house. It was like we saw every single one of our immediate family members throughout the day. And I just thought, this is the gift that you get when you when you keep your nest, (laughs) like you don't fly south for the winter. You know, you get to just have that and have people over and for us it's such a gift too because we you know we were living in this very very tight house and not that you can't entertain in a small house but listen it's not as easy when you have a ton of people
1: <laughs> you know and that's one of the things I think I had Um, I think my kids know their cousins but they don't know them really well because all of my sisters we all live in different cities Yeah, and so we tried and I think we did the best that we could Um but I wouldn't say they grew up together because they didn't they just didn't grow up together but they know each other but they don't know each other well one of my best friends from grammar school who's still a really good friend of mine and it was really cool to watch it all of her family was in Chicago growing up all of her cousins and I went to you know I went to an Irish Catholic school so pretty much everybody I knew in grammar school was Irish Catholic so big families and lots of cousins and I always envied that. I thought that looked so fun because it was like you had these built-in friends that were always going to be around. Yeah, that no matter what, they would always be there. And I think that that that's a there's a lot to be said about trying to keep sort of your nest where there are lots of other little family nests. But I think that's true of Minnesota. Minnesota's kind of – and Minnesota, you know, St. Paul, Minneapolis is kind of like Chicago. It reminded me of Chicago, of the fact that families stick. Yeah, If you're from Minnesota, so many people have been there for generations, and they just stick, and it's a really beautiful thing. Well, and that's the transition that we've seen in our life because my parents weren't from
0: Minnesota, so we didn't right. have that. And it wasn't like – I mean, I remember – You know, friends being like, oh, their parents went to this high school or that high school and everybody Mm -hmm. like knew where they went. And my parents were transplants and it was really hard for them to make friends when they moved to the Twin Cities. I mean, they had I I remember them having zero friends when we were kids. And some of it, I think, was the fact that my dad was the pastor of a church. And you're just not friends with people when you're the pastor of the church. Like when you're the it's pastor, tricky. there's a, a separation. I mean, and I think different, you know, maybe different denominations have different traditions. But with mine, it was there was definitely a separation where there would be people we knew from church. But I don't think he would have ever said they were my friends. You'd have to go outside of
1: your congregation almost.
0: I know. And then that because didn't really happen until I made friends, and then they
1: became friends with my friends' parents. Parents. <laughs> Which is how most of the friends I made in Minnesota, other than my work friends, were all just sitting on the sidelines at soccer games and kids from school. And so it, that that's a pretty natural progression. But it is different than having grown up there. I mean, my family, my mom grew up in Chicago, I went to the same high school that my mother went to. And there were nuns in the high school that I went to. It was an all-girl Catholic high school that would mistakenly call me Mary because they <laughs> taught my mother they were that old i mean and that was sort of a great little sense of continuity i have to say um but there is something about being rooted and i think for my strongest roots in terms of growing up the kids growing up with the kids and and raising the kids were in minnesota which i'm always grateful for it was oh. such a wonderful place to raise kids it really it's just it's such a great town
0: it is great except for great today state. when it's 40 degrees And it's 40 degrees, May 19th and rainy, and we don't have heat in our house because the boiler was cut off (laughs) due to our kitchen remodel. So I'm like bundled up. This is why I need to drink wine. I have to have something to warm up. (laughs) And my children have little heaters in their rooms right now to keep them warm. And we had a fire going last night, and I am confident my husband is building another one tonight. So, you know... It's not for sort the of faint of heart. It's it's a funny thing when you bring it back to, though, my Norway trip, Marjorie, because so much, so I am not Norwegian, but so many Minnesotans are Norwegian. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the highest Norwegian population outside of Norway. I mean, there's so <laughs> many Norwegian people here. And so most of the people that I went on this trip with, which if you missed the last podcast, it was a trip with Twin Cities Live viewers. So there were about 140 people who went on this cruise with me. And then we shot a bunch of stories and we aired them all on Twin Cities Live uh, last week. And that it was, gosh, probably 90% of them had Norwegian heritage and were so excited to go to Norway. And some people were like running, meeting up with, you know, extended family. Some people were, you know, kind of taking little day trips to see the town where their family came from. But it was so incredible, Marjorie, to see how much like Minnesota it is. I mean, you just completely understand. It's like, you know, when you think back to, I don't know when your grandparents or great grandparents immigrated here, but it was my Mm -hmm. great grandparents that came from Germany. And when they, when you think about when the Norwegian people came to Minnesota, you totally get why they were like, here's where we're going to set up camp. (laughs) Because it just made sense
1: to them. It's the
0: same. It's yeah. the exact same. <laughs> it's fascinating. It is less beautiful here than it is in Norway. Well, I will 100% say that. And I am right. a born and bred Minnesotan who loves it so much, but Norway is so strikingly beautiful. Minnesota, I mean, pales in comparison, but as far as just like the smell, like it smelled like home when I was there. Oh, that is interesting. Like home. And then, oh, that's cool. And then you totally get the like mentality of the people when you start to get to know the culture and you understand like the Norwegian way of life and sort of the stoicism and the way that they crave, um, alone time and the way that like getting away and going up north, regardless of the fact that you're already up
1: north and you want to go further up north. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I think too, there's something to be said. Of places that are, that, that you actually are fighting for survival. 100%. That, that forms who you are as a people. And Minnesota is a harsh climate. It just is. And that, that does something to, when you have to walk outside during a polar vortex, And your eyelashes freeze. (laughs) That does something to who you are. (laughs) It just does. It It toughens you up. Yeah, it totally does. So it was really fun to get to see
0: that kind of comparison. And that connection was really fascinating. I mean, that was a really great part about the trip. And I have to tell you, you know, we talked last week about how, you know, sort of the lessons that you learn when you go on a trip and what I sort of took away from like the Norwegian and the Scandinavian heritage before coming home. And I was laughing because this whole timing of this kitchen remodel seemed insane. It seemed nuts (laughs) to go on a 10 day trip, come Mm -hmm. home the next morning, clean out the kitchen and then the next morning demo started. But in a lot of ways, it like that trip was the perfect thing because there were so many great lessons and just reminders about simplicity that I am totally taking back. Like I'm cooking on the porch. I can only use one appliance at one time or my fuses blow. I am just, (laughs) and I'm not even like mad about it. Like I thought I would just go, this is so terrible. I have to go up and down the stairs if I want to get anything out of the refrigerator. I'm washing dishes in the laundry sink. You know, I mean, these are all of the realities that come along with a big kitchen remodel. And But I just have felt so centered in just like, this is okay, because I think I was just enlightened to see that there is a whole culture of people in Norway that, you know, not that they're living the way that I am, but there is just, there is much more of a a stress on simplicity and much more of a
1: just a feeling of contentedness with what you have. Now I have to ask you back to the question about leaving your children. So you left your children for 10 days to go to Norway. Mm-hmm. Now the important part of this is because they'll they may or may not remember that period but they don't – when you came home, did they seem at all traumatized by it?
0: Oh, they were not traumatized. They were just – but they were very excited to see us, and we brought them some sweet presents.
1: <laughs> that's See, that solves everything. So that's going to be their memory. The important thing is, is what did it mean to you and to Jay to be alone for 10 days? You and know, you were working. So this is a little bit different. It wasn't yeah. like you went on a 10-day cruise just the two of you. You were working. But I'm hoping you still got some time just to be a couple.
0: We did get some time and that was really important. And it was also a reminder that we just want more of that time. I mean, we, we did like one dinner, one night, the two of us, we, it was, I I was reminded that I love to see new things with him. I love to just like experience new things with him. And now granted it was, I mean, it was definitely a much different trip because it was a lot of work focused. And so, and which was, I mean, I'm, So grateful that my job takes me to all of these amazing places, but it was a different kind of a vibe because, you know, we were there to be part of this whole group and to make sure their experience was amazing and then to provide a lot of content for the show. So there were a lot of moving pieces. Um, but we, we got some good time and we had some good conversations and we actually came back going, confirming with our babysitter that we're going to have somebody every Thursday night for the summer. And have a babysitter every week. So that even if we can just get like an hour or two hours, and I feel like we, you know, through that and through this kitchen remodel, it's always good if you, if you find that even when there's like a struggle or an argument or something, if you still crave the feeling of being a team with that person, I think that that's a good sign. And that's
1: where we're at. I think so too. I think so too. And that is the one thing we didn't travel without our kids, but the one thing that Ian was adamant about was a Friday night date. And we did that pretty much their whole lives.
0: Marjorie, that's huge. I mean, that's like bigger than than a trip. I mean, it really is. That consistency is really important. I talk to a lot of parents, like friends or, you know, people who have kids that are even older than ours about that struggle. I was just talking to a couple I met the other day and they were saying, I have date nights with my wife on my calendar every Friday night and it never happens, but it pops up on my calendar.
1: I, I think that, I mean, that's one of those things that that is... That's a mistake and that, that, and I know babysitters are expensive. I get that, but I think there are other ways that you can make sure that that happens. Even if it's a matter of taking, you know, if your kids are in daycare of taking two or three hours of work from, you know, just going during the day and doing something. Yeah. I just, it was really important for us to touch base, um, once a week away from the kids and away from work because for 10 years of our lives, we work together every day. And so when we would go on a date, we wouldn't talk about work. It was just us being together and rediscovering that we really liked each other and we liked to laugh together and we liked to go to movies together and we liked that we genu- genuinely really wanted to be around each other just as you would if you were dating. I know. I mean, you don't go on dates with guys unless you like the guys you're going to go out with. <laughs> and if you're married, you only get one. So, I mean, but it was really, and, and I'm always grateful that he really pushed that because I probably would have been like that person. I would have had it on the calendar and I, I kind of would have let it slide but we just didn't and it was pretty sweet i mean we we, even when they were older we used to have um our wonderful babysitter heather who happened to be a music teacher and she would come and she would give the kids their piano lessons and so as soon as the piano lessons you know started we left and then she would just stay after the lessons okay that's brilliant yeah, it was great. It was just great. Um, so I think there's a way to do it. There's always a way to do it. And, and, but I, I do think that that was crucial to us making sure that we stayed friends and that we stayed in love and that we kept liking each other.
0: Time away um, is important, regardless of if it's to Norway or if it's out to dinner or if it's even just, I think putting the kids kids to bed and being intentional about what you do with that time together afterwards, whether it's, yep. you know, like we've talked about just like making a cocktail or doing some sort of like making, if there's a show that you look forward to watching together or like some sort of game or something that you do together, it's just that that effort is really important because I heard the word mama 45,000 times today, Marjorie. <laughs> <laughs> And I love. I mean, my children are have like angelic voices, and I love their voices so much. But there was a point when it starts to veer into the whiny mode, you know, by the evening. Yeah. Oh yeah, where it's like, oh yeah, mama, 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 and I just was like, I can't. I'm like, where is this mama? Will she show up and start <laughs> doing something so that I can like get a break?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, about seven o'clock at night. It's, you just don't want to hear their voices anymore. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. You when Franklin want- was
0: pulling Bernie's hair in the bathtub and I had to say oh. repeatedly, let her go. And oh. he looked at me like I was the problem. I was thinking. <laughs> and maybe you were. <laughs> maybe I was. Oh. There you go, Marjorie. Good chat. Let's listen, you guys. If this whole thing works out, this is a technological miracle. Yes. And um we appreciate you glad- for hanging in with us.
1: We're glad you could all be a part of it. Uh, why don't you go ahead, Elizabeth? Well, if you're
0: enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. And if you have a moment, give us a review at Apple Podcasts. We want to say thanks to Captiva 2019. Here's what she wrote. Ladies, I'm in love with listening to you. I wish it could be part of my nightly ritual. I would end my day every day like this if I had the choice. It is so hard to find the time to connect with others in this busy time. The fact that I can slow down, close my eyes and enjoy all you give is a Oh, I love that.
1: And please reach out to us. You can find us both on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Bye, Elizabeth. Cheers. It was fun enjoying my
0: wine with you. It's empty. I will go refill now. Goodbye. (laughs)